0: I love Ian, he loves me, but we both love truthfully hey everyone, welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, December 29th, 2020, alongside Ian Ferguson. I'm ordinary Pat Contry. It's no longer the most wonderful time of the year because after Christmas it dies off On the show today, uh, we're talking about the KF console magical investor suing CD project the Red. KFC console. KFC on soul on oh, my soul onsole. the workboy Game Boy peripheral uh, prototype found and documented peripheral uh, a Patreon pro maybe a pro a Patreon
1: Pro. poll the pole. proletariat is a word? A word? prole world p- world yes I so can't even
0: speak p r o l e Ian how was how was your Christmas weekend <sighs> uh,
1: yeah it was a flash. Um <laughs> I, What was that? It was like a sound You're falling uh, sound effects uh, No, it was, uh, it wasn't bad It It okay. was just It was just, I, it was just like, non-existent like, I mean, Christmas Day itself was just, like, was over, over and done um, Christmas on a
0: Friday is nice for everyone Because then you get, like, Friday off And then you get the two days to recover from Christmas So that's, like, the best day to have Christmas
1: Or New Year's But, uh, we did something that we don't normally do Which is watch movies, because I generally don't have the attention span for them um on Christmas Eve, we watched uh, Bloodsport, because oh, Vonnie's brother had never seen Bloodsport before. Wow. Yeah, so even Vonnie was like, all right, we got to fix right. that right now. So we watched Bloodsport before they took it off. Not that I... I mean, I have it on DVD and VHS, but it comes off of Netflix on January 1st. It's so. also on YouTube, though, for free. Oh, uh, okay. So, I mean, maybe they may took it off of that as well, but yeah. And then we watched a movie I'd never seen before, uh, The Witches, the 1990 version. I haven't heard of that. Um, based on a rolled doll book the guy who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach uh typically dark for him there was a remake of it in 2020 that apparently wasn't very good uh but I'd never seen it and it was really excellent Angelica Houston is fantastic in like everything she's ever in um so that was fun and then on Christmas Day we watched The Thing uh the original one you no know, Carpenter's The Thing I'll try its remake there's yeah. like three of them now uh Carpenter's The Thing um which every time i watch that movie i like it more and more and it's it's weird but it falls into one of those movies for me that even though like the movie itself is like horrifying and gross it's almost kind of like a comfort movie to me i know all the beats i know what's you know what's coming i you know nothing really jumps out at me anymore but i i i never get tired of watching it the the special effects in that movie are excellent kurt russell is really good in it um and I, I really like the ending to the thing, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a great d- movie. Double feature with Big Trouble Little China afterwards. No, Kurt, Kurt Russell Carpenter double <laughs> no, feature. No, by the time
0: that's again why I'm shocked.
1: Why you never saw that? Being it's the same. It game. is good, and yeah. I I probably would have done that that day because I was thinking, well, you know, personality aside, I, I like I like Kurt Russell in movies. And uh, what do you mean personality aside? He's a great personality. What do you mean? Um, I thought he was one of those ones who got weird, like John Voight in recent years. No, I don't think Kurt Russell ever got we- weird. Know. Really. I thought he did. Maybe he didn't. I know John Voight got fucking weird as shit. Uh, I
0: don't think Kurt Russell got weird. I think it's on social media. But, I'll look that up. Now no, I'm curious. Yeah, anyways. no. That, he that, just that, played that. Santa for God's sake again. Oh, did with, he? With his lovely... Oh, that's right, yeah. With his lovely... With Goldie Hawn. Lovely non-wife wife, Goldie Hawn. Been yeah, together I saw like, that on... Uh, they've, been together like, they've been together for 40 years. Over 40 years they've been together. It's crazy. So it's one of those like ones that actually worked out. He is 70 years old, almost. He's 69. He looks great. Kurt Vogel Russell. Hmm. Oh, I used his real name. Wow. That's kind of rare in Hollywood. Hey, what'd you do? How was your meal of the fishes? Oh, Christmas. I fasted the whole day. Yeah. You have to, because I still wanted to die afterwards. And I and I only ate one plate of antipasta. In the past, I'd eat two full plates of antipasta before.
1: My uh, co-host on the other podcast, John, I had mentioned uh, during our... It's either our bonus episode or in between episode that you were doing the what? There's a point here. Uh, oh, it that, cut that, off my story, but okay. Uh, that you were doing the feast of the seven fishes, and he got excited because he had only heard about it like a couple days ago. He had never heard about this feast, and I was like, "No, it's it's, it's from everything I've heard, it's delicious. It's, it's a, wonder- it's delicious. It's a it's it's, wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. It's literally the highlight of
0: my year yeah. of, of everything. I mean, of everything that happens. Like it's it, it, it is. Um, so um, we did that, and then we did the uh, the. The linguine with... Uh, he threw in... got my mouth's gonna start watering. Shrimps were in there. Scalps were in there. Clams were in there. Um, just throw them all in. Throw it on the pot. Get the broth going. You dump it out. And then the pastries. He bought... There was only the three of us there. He bought the amount of pastries for like five, six people at least. Mm. So the cannolis These are the best cannolis I've had in San Diego since I've been here. Um, from uh, Zuccheros. I've
1: been craving a cannoli like th- lately.
0: There's like three Italian bakeries in, in San Diego. Um, all, like, within, like, you know, five minutes of each other. Little Italy. And then um, the Ciudella was great. Um, and then um, the be- one of the best, it's the shell. It's the shell pastry. Oh, yeah, those are um, good. It's, it, well, you say Ciudella, that's, 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 like, the bastardized jargon version of it. But it's, like, soft liatella. Soft, soft liatella, that's the name, name of it, the pastry. Um, and then uh, I got the struffoli from New York which Ian's going to, it's fantastic, the honey balls. No, not even most Italian bakers make them. Then on, then on Christmas, it's the it's the traditional Ginzan food. It's, uh you know, the the meat sauce, the meatball sausage. He didn't do brajol, which is fine, because his sister usually helps with that. And then it, and then he gets the Salentano ravioli, which is like the best ravioli you, you get from the your local grocer's section. And he said, like, some places weren't even carrying anymore. It's like, I guess, it, you take for granted on the East Coast, New Jersey, tons of Italians, you can find all those stuff in every supermarket. They have Salento in every fucking supermarket in New Jersey. You know the the frozen cheese ravioli, which is fantastic. So that's what we did on, on Christmas Day when we watched uh, some NBA games a little bit. Um, there was an NFL game on 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 Saturday, which is I don't remember them ever doing a Christmas Saturday NFL game ever. Really weird. But they did that. They're, no, I don't. I, yeah, that's odd. So this year we've had a Wednesday NFL game because of COVID. That's never happened before, mm-hmm. and a Saturday game, which is rare. Uh, they said they all they said they started Saturday doing,
1: games exist, but yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen one, a Christmas game.
0: Christmas Saturday, I, did, I don't remember that. But they started doing Saturday. He said after a little bit, past few years after once college the college uh, season stops, then if they, when Saturdays open, they'll put throw an odd game there for the playoffs. They usually do that all the time because they want to space them out. But regular season, I don't remember that. But apparently they do that. So that's what we did. And then I, you know, I um, I gave gifts to. Actually, did I give any gifts to anyone? Yeah, I gave Frank a little a little little gift. Um, and then all my other gifts were mailed out, or I gave in his last week. Um, yeah. And uh, did Pat open any gifts? Did I open any gifts? No, no gifts, to, no gifts for Pat really this year. That's all right. I just love being around people. That's what that's what it is here. So that's what I did. Oh, and I put out a new NES Punk video. That's what I did this weekend. I gave the gift to you all. NES Punk video came out on the twenty seventh. Which is a 10-year anniversary of the Turbo Graphics original one. So go check it out. It's it's me remembering all the games I ever got for Christmas. Ian's typing in right now. He's going to watch it. That's what he's doing right now.
1: So no, I'm not watching your video right now.
0: <laughs> will you what's the last what's the last video of mine you actually watched? Have you did you watch STAME events?
1: That was a long time ago. It was, it was only three years ago. I don't know. What was the one you did before this? I did the Pac Man one. No, before that. <laughs> No,
0: you, before that, and last year I did three uh, combat with James.
1: I did. I watched combat. You watched combat. Okay, yeah, I watched combat. Did you like combat? No. Yeah. Well, you, wow, that was a, that commander was... combat or whatever his name was was really cool. Major combat, major combat was awesome. <laughs> commander, commander combat. I was. I figured alliteration might be in there somewhere. <laughs> I think major
0: combat was funnier because it's like it's also like a term. It's major combat. Okay, what do we? What else is going on, Ian? Uh, we, we got the K, the KF console was announced right before Christmas. Or right after or right before Christmas, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh so this was announced as like a joke initially, um, I think during E three when um
0: We had an E three? A fake E three?
1: <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it was like a, a maybe. Yeah, it was annu- it was announced earlier in the year. When, basically, when they were sh- announcing all the different, when they were announcing the Xbox Series and the PlayStation Five and all that, they they showed uh, a video of this, and I thought it was a, a joke. But they apparently took it to uh, its fruition. They uh, teamed up with Cooler Master, is the name of the company, and they appear to make. Um, like, basically ready-to-go gaming PCs that, that, that are, are are cooled. And, um, so this thing is actually coming out. It has specs. <laughs> it's, ah, it, it's, ah. it's, it's just, it's a gaming PC, but it has a little chamber in the front that slides out that they call the chicken chamber where you can store your snackins. Um, and the whole thing is <laughs> ridiculous. It warms your chicken. So, um, here's what it does. Uh play the titles in stunning 4K 240 FPS it's a custom build of Cooler Master's NC100 which is about 200 that's uh, that's the chases. that's uh, the case yeah that's the casing uh, and then it has an Intel NUC 9 Extreme Compute Element, and you see, I don't know, they spell it. It's not NUC all ca- nine. I'm not, I'm not NUC familiar NUC with it. It's not NUC. all. It's, and you see it's not all capitalized, so I didn't. I didn't feel the need to spell it out. Uh, it's a PCI-based module with a ninth-gen Intel mobile chip inside, basically housing multiple components in one easy-to-use container. It's about a thousand dollars, they estimate. This is all coming from Collider. I'm looking at them. There's a whole line of extremes. Is there a particular model of it that they're they're
0: noting here? Um, because there's like three or four, but they're they're not cheap. They're they're yeah. They're the,
1: all the cheapest one is seven hundred and eighteen dollars. If they went to the cheapest one, it's still expensive. Uh, then they said it's using an unknown ASUS RTX supported graphic card, but apparently it's got a hot swappable GPU slot, so you could okay.
0: swap out the GPU if you want. So you can f- get your what is what are
1: they up to what are they, what's the, what's the latest
0: one up to two thousand twenty two hundred. I don't know. What the, I can keep, keep track uh, of the numbers. No
1: and then it comes with two uh, Seagate uh, one terabyte. Uh, solid state. You get two terabytes. Wow. Uh, the thing is all set up to be uh, used as VR. So I mean, it's not a slouch. Um, it's a VR ready. It's a VR ready chicken bucket. So this is going to cost you two grand. That's what they're. That's what they're assuming.
0: This is a real. This is a real gaming PC. So it's a, it's a real. very
1: real gaming PC. Like this is high end. Uh, also a weird collector's item. So this will. Exi- this and is going you can, to exist.
0: You can keep your fried chicken warm and while, <laughs> while you play your games.
1: Yeah. This is this is amazing. <laughs> I don't
0: know. It's, it's weird. It's amazing. I mean, 2020. We're gonna look back and say, yeah, this was the nuttiest, most horrible year. But there was also weird shit that happened. The fact that a fast food company says, you know what, we're gonna make a game console. It's, I mean, it's going actually gonna be released. And we're going to make buzz that two idiots on a podcast are going to talk about it. Well, it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked, and they'll make a profit. People will buy this for the nor- notoriety, even if they make a thousand of these or ten thousand, they'll sell them all and uh, make a profit. And it's good marketing and marketing for the company. And it looks—it actually looks like a cool device. It actually like—it it actually looks nice. Like it. it what, what else are you gonna expect? It looks like something you know. Throw throw some chicken in it, and so so it warms. I guess through the heat. That emanates naturally so off of it. So basically,
1: yeah, I guess the heat sinks... Base, uh, the, I'm going to sound real dumb with my tech speak here, but basically, the heat sinks it concentrates all the heat into that chamber, dents it all into there. Yeah.
0: So it's so it it's economical and it's green. So You're reusing the energy f- get, to keep your food get warm. your chicken
1: fingers. Throw them in there. I wonder how hot it goes. I wonder if you could use it as an air fryer. I wonder if you could throw some. I don't know about an air fryer, but uh, like a PC <laughs> gets hot.
0: Though. Yeah, it's no, like it over does. like 130, 140 degrees. You know, when you get in there, especially especially with your graphics cards, how much heat they they use. Right. So, like this this can get hot. I mean, uh, you, you, it, you, a, a lot of these obviously have the built in temperature gauges you can read out, but yeah, they get up to 200 degrees. I think some of these uh, they they get hot. So, well, this, can, this could this could heat up your. Your leftovers easily. I, I'm wondering though with this tray, I, I, it has to be easy to. There has to be like the air has to come in a way that like no grease or f- food bits can get into the computer. They must have thought of that.
1: Well, I'm I'm gonna say maybe they didn't think that much about. Well, okay. There's two fans. There's two fans right here on the top. Okay. So they're probably exhaust fans. So it's probably just pulling. It's pulling s- the heat up, sucking all that out. Yeah, it's probably. It, that's exactly what it's probably doing. It's probably pulling it up through the chicken chamber and out. The okay. Top.
0: I'm thinking about where the heat comes in from. It has to be has to like come underneath and go up. So there's no way in hell like a vent. <laughs> a vent. I'm looking. i thinking about the KFC engineering. I can't, I can't. The heat has to come in and then go up so that chicken bits and grease can't get into the computer. That's what I'm thinking. I
1: can't. Talk there's got to be like anymore. a tray.
0: It's got to be a cleanable tray that comes out. Right. It looks. It looks perfectly removable. Okay. They thought of this. The, <laughs> the engineer thought about this. I
1: can't, I can't say chicken chamber anymore. <laughs> chicken chamber. I'm done. So what is no. it? When is this going to come out? There's no release date. There's no set price. But uh, they they think it's oh. There's a disc drive too. No, there is no disc drive. Oh, I said the earlier look had a disc drive. Earlier look had a oh, disc drive. Oh no, this come one on. Is not.
0: Come on, KFC, give get, give us our our chicken
1: discs. This fun does not have a disc drive.
0: <laughs> well, I guess you get rid of the disc drive. You can throw an extra extra uh, you know two piece in there. You can fit an extra two piece in the chicken chain. Enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. I can't.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I wonder. Okay, real quick, they have to package this in a, in a in a kernels like you know traditional packaging, like you're getting like like a. Like you're getting a bucket. Like you're in a bucket. Like a bucket. Give me a bucket package. Put the bucket in a bucket. Yes, they have to do that. Wouldn't they have to? Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't put the colonel slap the colonel's face on there in the front. Well, I guess they don't use the colonel that much anymore. They get away from this from that. Okay, what else is going on, Ian? Uh, X band, which is right next to you in the ground in a in a box. Yeah. X band was the um, it was the. Interwebs connectivity for, uh, what is it, Genesis, Super Nintendo, and I, th- I
1: think Sega, was it Sega Saturn as well? No, Sega Saturn had its own net length. Sega CD, one of them. Um, so... Yeah, the, the, there it is. It was an internet service. Trunky
0: internet service so you can play some multiplayer there was some there was a handful of games on all these consoles off the top of my head that had like extra features with the x-band stuff
1: I remember like NHL I think 94 95 being playable on x-band I think uh, there was a crappy, Mortal Kombat 2 was playable on x-band I think
0: there was a crappy email service type of thing yeah on it so like we're talking like this is like what 94 or so this is like early early internet crap for games um, so let's see what was it 94 95 yeah 94, it, didn't, yep. it didn't last too long it didn't last too long at all um not many games supported on the super nintendo there was like it looks like about 15 on the genesis there was about 13 or 12 and, uh, oh saturn there was a japanese uh, x-band it looks like so oh, okay. was, there was a saturn one <laughs> on top of that um so there wasn't a lot of games mortal kombat 2 3 a couple of madden's nba jam tournament NHL 95 96 super mario kart Super Street Fighter Two Weapon Lord Ken Griffey Jr. King, yep. So anyway,
1: wow! I did not know that Super do, Mario Kart had that ability. That's actually pretty cool. I had no idea. There you go. Kirby's Avalanche
0: too. We list we, we list them. We list the games used because uh, the X band shows up in the certain Super Nintendo guidebook. We list the games out for everyone, just in, just in case. So anyway, so a plucky plucky person at a san decided, you know what? I'm going to put up an X band server again in 2020. So, if you have an X-Band modem for Genesis or Super Nintendo, you can you can go to this website, xband.retrocomputing.network, and you can actually
1: go online and do stuff again somehow. Um, so, yeah, Natalie says, My X-Band Saver project is now in open beta. Uh, you can check it out at the link that they provide. She provides in uh, for how to get connected. Gameplay is still laggy, but other features are working well. So, it, it I mean... Give it a little while, and <clears throat> you could be playing if you wanted to. You can get on with traditional landline, which that's what, you know, the
0: card has. The right. Phone landline, which I talked about with the email phone. I'm not sure what who provides phone internet anymore. It has to be here and there still in the U.S. You can connect with a voiceover uh, IP adapter or a Raspberry Pi. So they, they have it hooked in that you can access, I guess, through Wi-Fi and just get on there. Uh, so they'll support uh, the XMail cross-platform supported. There you go. Nice. Nice. Uh, Bandwidth, the X Band News service, which uh, would be funny if you can go back and see the old ones, but it's probably be like it would probably be like I guess like a, a wasteland, like, yeah, because yeah, they'd have to connect to the original servers. Uh, player lists of everyone who's on, and uh, and you can be, uh, gameplay. It looks like it looks like supported games right now are Super Mario Kart and Super Street Fighter Two, uh, Jap- uh, the Japanese version that's listed, and then there's re- there's recommendations for the batteries. So this is a cool project. Yeah, There's a little YouTube video showing it going back and connecting. Uh, To it, Um, yeah, it's. There's show people playing Mario Kart on here in this video, and uh, this is this is uh, this is a genius things happening. This is above my pay grade. Things like this, they show up being connected to a a Sega Nomad and connecting, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, that's as well
0: on the Genesis version. There you go. Pretend it's 1994 again before your service is unceremoniously shut down, real quick, (laughs) and you're crying (laughs) about it. Um, more more leakage happening Ian, which we'll get into, which also goes into a later topic. More Nintendo Switch uh, uh, leaks and leakage happening.
1: Yeah, just real quick on and this I, one. That's like um, saying leakage. I think this was actually announced before we did the last podcast, but we passed on it, um, and now it's coming up again. We'll pass the. Um, so there was an original. One of the early models of the Switch was leaked. And uh, terrifyingly, it looks a lot like uh, one of the mock-up images yeah. that we we saw. Now, granted, that image was kind of shown in early patent design documents. So, I mean, it's not But it looks like it. It's not that weird. But yeah, it's, uh, it's strange. Um, people who said, including me, that Nintendo wouldn't even go that crazy. Apparently, they were thinking it. Uh, I mean, for a minute. Um, this looks genuinely awful and definitely would have been a very, very different outcome for the Switch had they gone with it. Um it was a weird design that um basically the entire thing is a screen. It's a handheld console. It's a handheld it's like it's like Vita shaped or PSP shaped. It's that Uh long pill shaped oval. And it has two analog joysticks, one on the left, one on the right, but they are surrounded by screen. They, like, literally come up through... The entire thing's a screen. The screen. Except for the joystick. And the then button. it doesn't show any buttons. Anywhere. Yeah, where the fuck are the buttons? There I, aren't. I, 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 guess remember, are... I remember that was the rumor oh, back they... then when they when they showed this mock-up that it was going to be haptic, like, touch oh, feedback. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Touch it buttons. Would have been, it would have been an absolute fucking disaster. They can
0: get the stick-on uh, buttons. They could do that. Yeah. What well, a great idea. That works great. Um... Yeah, so it's just interesting that this is, this stuff's coming out more and more. Nintendo's probably embarrassed by some of this, but it even says Nintendo confidential on on the on the little uh, document that Forest of Illusion uh, tweeted out here. Um, yeah, well, you know, you, you 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 get get their team of people and like, okay, show me some ideas. Come on, we start from scratch. Think of think of developing a game console. You usually, say, okay, let's give me some some give me some ideas here. And that—that's usually how you start. And you brainstorm, unless you want to look like a fucking uh, sports car because you're an idiot. But uh, most of the time, you brainstorm from lots of people and do R and D and think about how how we can design design the console based on how it's used. Right. That's usually what you want. And at this point, they're they were thinking, well, we want to do something totally different. We want it to be handheld, but also see it on the screen. So they're like halfway there. They're like halfway there. But didn't probably realize, well, how, how dumb is it that most of your hands your hands covering up parts of this, Right, it doesn't make any sense anymore. No. What, what usefulness are you getting out of this stupid thing at this point?
1: Apparently they were uh, thinking about using a 480p screen. I'm so glad that they didn't. They used 720p um, instead. Uh, Nintendo's handhelds, even now with a 720p screen, are always at least a generation back from what? But 720p, you can kind of get away with it a little bit. On a handheld, you can, yeah. sure. Um, but 480p would have been no, a four, nightmare.
0: Yeah, 480p, uh, on something. once you get that bigger, no, it's, yeah.
1: And, and apparently it was going to support 3D functionality. This must have been fairly early because even on the 3DS, Nintendo had kind of shied away from the 3D functionality oh, even said, like two to three years before they ended that system's run.
0: Well, Forza of Illusion said this was 2014. Okay. So this is what they am trying to, this is when they're still figuring out that, you know, this is, okay, we're still figuring out where we're going with this. Sure. They got a, they got a couple years for they got to really lock it down.
1: Yeah, all yeah. I got to say is I'm, I'm so happy they didn't go
0: in that direction. <laughs> it looks not. like there's like buttons on the back of it to press. Like this would have been this would this would have been re- uh, soundly rejected. But soundly the thing rejected.
1: is, and it was kind of the weird thing. then, is uh, it's totally believable to me that Nintendo would yes. try to do something, something this like wacky. This. Yeah, they 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 go they swing for the fences. They don't care. They don't care because
0: then in some weird uh, parallel universe, it would be a huge success. How do we know? Maybe they
1: could, it would have been a huge success. Or maybe... like, Or maybe... The, People were, were I, wary of the Switch, which I thought was a design home run from the moment we saw it. Yes. We always thought, oh, this is a great idea. We, I, I love the idea. Oh, it, it, it does console
0: and it does handheld. Uh, we, I was always on board with that. So this, they were halfway there. Like, halfway. Um, I, unless unless there was a way that the two sides could come off and integrate the video. That could have been cool If that, but it doesn't look like they went that direction. So you know what direction you should go to Ian you should go to p- Uh you can you can, uh, you can use that you know that, gr- gr- that cash a that grandma gave you you know because her pension she doesn't need it she's going to give it to you. you can spend it on uh, RBI baseball stickers and CU podcasts enamel pins or certain guidebooks you can do that, do that uh, to ring in the new year 2021. Ian's stretching out he's excited. He's excited right now. So go to ultimate Nintendo dot com. I'm also on Twitch every Wednesday night showing 80s commercials. I've been doing it for like seven months straight somehow. Um, Twitch dot TV
1: slash country code. I'm covered in spike hair. I don't think you've ever been in the uh, the chat before. No, I haven't because it's always on Wednesday nights and you always start like two hours before I get out of work. Now, well, now I do it earlier. Now I, do, I usually start around five, five Eastern. Excuse me, uh, five, five Pacific. So, so even even more so in the middle of my workday.
0: Oh, you're always on Twitter. You, you, come on. You can pop in. You can say hi. Everyone loves you, Ian. Come on. I love you. Speaking of love, where's the love for... Where's my pro wrestling belt? It's right here. Oh, thank you, Ian. You you managed to wrangle it from Spike?
1: I have the evidence (laughs) all over me. Thank
0: you, Ian. The pro wrestling championship title belt, after three years or so, comes back... Or four years, comes back to Pat. Comes back to Patrick. I won't wear it. Let's put it over here for now. Thanks, Ian. i trade that for the Struffoli right there. That's fair. All right. Speaking of Nintendo leakage... Um, this was a story that Reg- Reggie fizeme told in a podcast uh that kanye kanye west the the insane person known as Kanye West who wanted to help ruin the presidential election in some way thankfully failed uh uh he 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 approached Reggie fezeme for a collab like like they were doing like a like featured on a like on a track list here mm. with reggie and uh Reggie uh basically said yeah no we're not gonna I'm not going to pursue this.
1: <laughs> That's probably right. the nicest way possible. Right. Yeah. I um, I don't give a shit about Kanye. I feel nothing.
0: feel nothing about this. I feel nothing about it.
1: I'm just glad it didn't happen.
0: Happened at E3 a number of years ago. Well, wow, Kanye was at E3 hanging out. Well, he's around the LA area. Uh, it was on the Talking Games that Reggie and Harold podcast. Reggie explained that Kanye visited Nintendo's E3 booth years ago to set up a meeting with the, the heads of Nintendo. Remarkably, this discussion led to Kanye meeting with with Fils-Aimé, where Kanye stated he wanted to work on a piece of video game content with Nintendo. However, fils stated he had to decline the offer. There you go. Uh, I told him, Reggie said, I told him, Kanye, you don't want to work with us because we're tough. We're hard. All we do is push for the very best content. We would not be the type of partner you would want to work with. It's not It's not you, it's, it's me. Oh. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> and he looks at me and says, Reggie, you're exactly the type of partner I want because of that reason. It's like, oh my gosh. Reggie's thinking in my head,
1: oh my God, how do I get out of this situation? I just, I imagine it being a really uncomfortable conversation. I imagine Kanye approaching you to talk about something like this. With that energy. Hey, yeah, let's do it. And you're like, whoa, what? It's, 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 it's the same as when I've had people come into the store and be like, we should do a video, or, or we should, yeah, <laughs> not you necessarily, um, but like, yeah, it, when you're trapped, when you're trapped in a situation like that, I can just imagine. But someone's ge- super famous, and no. he's actually a genius when it comes to music, so
0: the, in the weird way, he might have had a good idea, we'll never know, we have no idea what he was thinking of. I do know this. Maybe that's why he decided to name his his album, album Turbo Graphic 16 because he was pissed off at Nintendo. He never did that though. I know. Coward Kanye. Coward. Man, that was man has thoughts every day. Still one of the most surreal things ever when we discussed that. What was that 4 years ago? Yeah. We we're like, "What?" Kanye's like, "Yeah, remember Blazing Lasers? You're like, Kanye West played Blazing Lasers. Little little nerdy Kanye, Blazing Lasers good for him when he was like 10." Damn good game. Yeah, yeah, he has got he's got damn good taste in video games apparently. So there you go. That's just funny. A
1: little levity here. A little levity. A little levity. No, a little sadness. <clears throat> a little sadness. Um, Magfest apparently, as we know it, has uh, imploded. Uh, news of this really just kind of broke uh, yesterday, twenty eighth. And it's been updated today. If you don't know what Magfest is, it's
0: the music and gaming festival. They've been around for like four, what fourteen years at this point, like mid two thousands. One uh, of the biggest conventions. Um, they get a, they get like eighty thousand people, sixty
1: thousand. There's a ton of people. Take, takes Maybe over not sixty thousand. It's like twenty to thirty thousand they get. Takes over the Gaylord Hotel every year. In uh, where uh, is it again? Outside of DC. Outside of DC, like just on the, the like a beautiful like a like a beautiful hotel, like a complex. Yeah. Yeah, and it exists in this weird like. It's like a district that's definitely just there to support people who travel out of town for conventions. Yeah, it's like cut off from the highway. It's like six square
0: blocks of, of like, businesses and it, it, a little it, bit of, re- like, retail shop. It's like a retail shop destination and a hotel a, a couple of huge hotels a few hotels it
1: looks kind yeah. of like a theme park almost in that way like the downtown shopping area of like a of a theme park or a disney or something like that yeah, it, it reminds like, me of like downtown it's disney. not like a residential area no. at all it's it's just it's just commerce and hotels um so huge convention uh there, it it's big thing was that it was 4 days and stuff basically took place 24 hours a day there was always the arcade setup which was uh, in my one experience at magfest was gorgeous and probably my favorite thing about it uh they really put a lot of care into um the games and that's all on the volunteers which you will learn if you read up on this stuff so anyways um i'll read the first the the, just the first paragraph here because it really kind of sums it up magfest as you know it is over on the morning of december 28th and i don't know who these people are deborah was fired from her job as events director uh her job as events director by paul bertel uh paul bertel is the head of magfest um sure ian and josiah were removed from their staffing positions without explanation beyond violating the code of conduct and indefinitely banned um basically there were six full-time employees in the uh at magfest and a board of directors um from what my understanding is all six of the full-time employees have been uh canned which leaves just the board of directors well why were they fired uh, they were fired for speaking out against uh, uh, Harassment And um, basic harassment, Verbal and emotional okay. Harassment and abuse yeah. From the executive director Paul Bertel So basically they went
0: The employees I guess I don't know this Paul person I have no idea what he does I don't know his business uh, But apparently these employees were upset of his mistreatment So they go to the board of directors They filed a, a formal HR complaint And be like listen let's work this out This is no good no bueno so their response was, "Let's just fucking fire these people like that was that was their response Let's get rid of these people yeah. uh so the board the board basically stood down when they should have they should have dealt with the problem it sounds like with the uh with the executive director
1: yeah it's um I mean, it sounds extremely childish, I, and I don't know how people, how anyone, can think that they would be able to get away with this sort of shit. Uh, hubris in uh, two thousand twenty in twenty twenty. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, I mean, you really think that they're not going to go okay and just turn and fucking sink, sink you? And, and and I and I and I agree with that. They set up a website, friendsofmag.com, dot com, and they
0: basically have all the receipts. They have all the email communiques. They have all their letter that basically their termination emails. uh... Uh, from the board, um, so yeah, it's bad. Over the last year, the board has, according to this, is what they're alleging here: harassed and threatened multiple office employees, harassed and threatened multiple volunteers, including the staff elected board nominees, asked employees to compromise their personal and professional ethics in the course of their normal job duties. I'm sure that's going to come out more. Not responding in a timely manner to formal HR complaints made about the executive director by all si- all six full time empl- employees. Uh, not taking appropriate steps to, re- to resolve formal HR complaints. Not communicated any resolution to formal HR complaints. Subverted existing HR procedures. Subverted existing internal procedures. Uh, to- in order to retaliate against and discipline volunteers including the staff elected board nominees inappropriately. Created a culture of fear and secrecy around all dealings with them. Removed employees from key situations including those of in the employees written and signed do- job descriptions with no warning or explanation. Delayed and sub- subsequently refused to add staff elected board. So there's more. There's, there's everything here. Yeah, uh, acted in bad faith. Um, this is, and they have all the documents here. And then they basically want they want the entire board to step down to replace by top three candidates for the most re- no- recent nominee election. Um, they want uh, a stop to inappropriate employee disciplinary actions, uh, immediate stop to inappropriate volunteer disciplinary actions. Uh, immediate stop to private meetings requested by the existing board of directors of individual office members for the purposes of harassing disciplining or intimidating them so guessing they're alleging that they would bring in in front of the board individuals like it's a fucking fraternity and yell at the people that's what it sounds
1: like it sounds like like no one yeah i and i think i was reading other stories about people being berated on the show floor and very (laughs) like inappropriate You, you don't ever do that like that's yeah. A, that, that, that's a whether, big, big thing with with me. And, uh, you know, when I was a manager and a, as a person who's worked under people, you don't scream at people on the floor. Whether they're volunteers or workers, you don't do that. You
0: don't do it. You do that in private. You take them aside and say, listen, you can't do this shit. But you, you don't do it in front of people. It's yeah. unprofessional no, you, to do that. Yeah. Any job. you don't Do you want... not
1: publicly humiliate an employee or a volunteer.
0: Or, no, you don't do that. Uh, that's never good. Long term. Or short term. Um, and then they, they're adding all the... Uh, you know, you can contact the the board. There, there's a there's a email address. So they got all their ducks in a row. This obviously was a long time coming here, and you know, this just smells of a class action lawsuit here for wrongful termination potentially. So so Magfest is a 501c. So what that means is this: remember, it doesn't mean people aren't getting paid a salary. That's not what a what a 501c means. It just means that there's no there's no uh the the profits has to have to stay with the company. That's what it means. So whatever profits. After salary employees are paid out, that money is not divested to the employees. It means it stays in the company. That's what a nonprofit literally means. Um, it doesn't mean that it's a charity necessarily that the money goes out to people. That's not what it means. I hate when people confuse what that means uh, to me. It's still a business. It has to run professionally, and people are, are still making money. That, that's what it comes down to. They're making a salary. Um, so anyway, so this is my thoughts here. Because I've been to Mag- I have been went to Magnificat for almost, like I think, five straight years. I went from 2009 to like 14. Something like that, um, and um I have thoughts here and there about how it's run professionally, uh but I will say this, I always thought it was run like a click uh, from from how I knew it was run, how it was operated. it was always
1: it didn't uh, seem very clicky yes. favoritism
0: <clears throat> when it came to guests or panels, it was always like wow you're 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 it's not really based upon merit, necessarily it's there was always a caveat of well, we're friends with these people, and we're, we're getting it, so um that's why. By and large I stopped dealing with them. I did I stopped asking for panels uh because uh the last dealing I and I had we were not good, uh being told we had a panel and then almost at the eleventh hour basically at the conversation, no, you guys don't have a panel anymore. And it was like the most unprofessional thing ever, uh, at that point. I was like, Okay, that's right. Magfest doesn't need me as a as a, a guest, I guess, in the future and I don't I don't need them. That's, and that's basically what happened. It was a shame because I did enjoy I loved uh, Macfest and always liked hanging out with people there. Um and, and then, you know, it, it just,
1: I always wanted to go back for the 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 atmosphere. I mean, everyone's there. Like I said, it's a party. Like it's a four day party.
0: It's a party. People drink all night. It's one thing I don't like is that there's it's. I think it's the one time a year where some of these people actually let loose, and so they they treat it like it's a, like a, like Sodom and Gomorrah, and then keep keep you up all night because they're fucking yelling at you know four in the morning. That part I, I can live without, and like the fucking uh, elevator party bullshit that they had to get rid of. Uh, but but I can see why people love it because it is a party atmosphere.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I had, I had fun, but I never ended up going back. Also, the fact that it's so oh, it was always held in January made. I mean, everyone else seemed to be able to make it, but that never made sense to me. Just right after the holidays. Uh, yeah,
0: it's cold. A lot of t- a lot of times it'd be snowing or ice in the ground.
1: <laughs> I just after the holidays, you're already coming off of you know t- generally taking time off for the holidays and sure. things like that. So it was always hard for me plus, to jump in and take another week off. Plus, it's hard to t- if you're coming from the West Coast. It's basically five
0: days. So it was always tough for uh, taking off at of work because you got to tr- it's usually Thursday to Sunday so you got to like basically t- uh, leave either Wednesday night get there Thursday morning you're fucking tired or take off right. Wednesday. it's a tough travel uh, west to east coast for sure and, and, I, and I never went from, from the east coast it would have been like you know an hour and a half flight uh, and then from the west coast it's it's a lot harder so um, yeah I, I guess they gotta get their shit together I'm not sure how this is gonna affect attendance well they don't not gonna do one this year but for next year. Um, how it's going to attend you know a lot of people won't care some people are going to care some people will never hear about this and still go and some people will hear about it and be like well i don't care it's still my favorite thing and still do it
1: right i don't know we'll see <clears throat> i think that as i said earlier in 2020 it's pretty ballsy for a board of directors to just i mean from what we read essentially not do anything about anything ever um and then fire all those employees and expect there not to be some sort of backlash uh you know MagFest was built on a huge, huge, almost entirely volunteer workforce... And if they band together enough, I, I think you might find yourself in a position where suddenly they don't have the, the power, the, the people power, to put you it together a, anymore. You
0: need a lot of volunteers. I mean, this is... A,
1: I think I read something uh, that it was like 1,200 volunteers. And if you've got everyone out there right now collaborating and putting your shit on blessed, uh, I think it's going to be uh, very hard, especially because this is a tight knit community, and a lot of the people who would volunteer for this convention would eagerly, I think, volunteer for a replacement convention. MAGFest is gonna I, they're, I I think they are finding themselves in a very, very shitty position as of today.
0: They have not responded yet. Oh, wow. They're following me on Twitter still for some reason. There you go. Like, it's 2011. Um, they've not responded. This is... Yeah, and the reason... When you, when you hear that many volunteers, like, how how can you need that many volunteers? Most conventions don't need nearly that many. Uh, I mean, if you've uh, been to why. a MAG
1: Fest, you, you you understand. Because
0: they always have, like, ten panels going on at once. At least, like it's a it's a gigantic convention.
1: Food rooms, uh, um, multiple panels, almost twenty four hours a day. The arcade itself takes up the space of like a, a fucking city block. I mean, you've got it's yeah it's you've big. got I mean just just to have eyes on people X's walking and around, entrances,
0: checking badges. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes over a, a big chunk. Like this is this is a this is like a business hotel where like you fly everyone out for your company and then you rent out a, a few places like this is a this is gigantic the the wedding area where they had the bands is it's the biggest like i've ever seen in terms of the stage like the and,
1: internal like, gazebo thing that they have yeah. there's
0: that too like so this is like i said this is a destination <laughs> hotel uh for for things Like right. it's insane they have a skating rink inside sometimes like or outside so um it's gigantic this event and and i and, and i do have some good memories of seeing all the, all the retro air buddies back in the day we, we we do like i used to do three or four panels at I do like a panel every day. I was there. Right. That's 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 how it was uh, back then. We're talking uh, 2010, 11, 12, 13. Uh, the short-lived Super Rift Brothers. <laughs> you know, like they, these were big panels too. Like hundreds of people come out to some of these panels. But all right. Well, hopefully they do the right thing, and hopefully they 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 if this if guy, this guy's acting up, they get rid of him. New board of directors keep this going for I guess for 2022. <laughs> I guess that's what we're looking at. They stay with January because it ain't going to happen next week. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code spotify for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: All right, Ian. We have a we have an update. Update on uh, the project known as Cyberpunk 2077 And the company with project and it's known and its name CD Project Red. So it was being alluded to last week uh, due to the, the disastrous... La- can you say it was disastrous? I think you can launch of this game, especially on the base. No, you can
1: definitely say it's disastrous.
0: Basically, the, the, the disastrous launch on anything that wasn't a PC or PS5 or Xbox One Series X. So a chunk of the, the launch uh, these, of this game was, was buggy, games crashing, looking like, like a PS3 game to a lot of people. Just not not suitable for release and that's damaged uh damaged the company's rep and obviously hurt sales we have um we have sony saying yeah we'll, we'll refund anyone who doesn't like this game retailers like best pie saying yeah, we'll refund you even if you bought the, a physical game which you never hear of before no uh, of, a, of an open game that you can return because you hate the, the quality of the game and even microsoft was it was it so basically uh, the company is is not doing well uh, from a PR standpoint, and obviously this has probably hurt their sales a lot in terms of returns, and people, I'd stay away. I would stay away from this until this game was ready to be played in, in a functional form. So because of that, the investors and stockholders are suing the company officially.
1: Yeah, the lawsuit is filed. The courts may not let it proceed. A New York-based law firm has filed a class-action lawsuit on behalf of investors in CD Projekt SA by Rosenfert Law Firm is for damages to those who purchase securities in CD Projekt between January 16th, 2020 and December 17th, 2020 based on statements made by those associated with Cyberpunk's, Cyberpunk 2077's development so it's progress um, I'm assuming this refers to uh, its ability to run on you know, uh, last generation hardware, stuff yes. like that
0: <clears throat> yes, so I, I, they're going to allege, I had to look at the lawsuit but yes, th- basically during the development the, the heads of CD Projekt Red are "Yeah, yeah, this is running fine on PS4 an Xbox One, so which is obviously false because it's not. So if I'm an investor putting in my money based upon that, it's now it's now to me a fraudulent investment because you're 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 it's misle- not even misleading. You're lying about the status of your product, and now I I just put all this money in, like you just fucked me over. So this is what the base of the lawsuit is. We'll see we'll see how it proceeds, uh, here. Um, the suit alleges that false or misleading statements were made about Cyberpunk 2077 being playable on the current gen. The removal of, of it from PlayStation Store and the offer of refunds by Sony, Microsoft, and CD Projekt Red it's, uh, itself are widely cited in business circles as a reason for a plunge in CD Projekt's stock price despite its high sales numbers. In the, in the weeks prior to Cyberpunk's 2077 release, CD Projekt's uh, CEO said that the game ran surprisingly well on the PS4 and Xbox One. Not just that it ran surprisingly well. well. Yeah. We, we have different, different definitions of well. I right. guess.
1: Or surprising. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in order for the... Uh, this was filed in U.S. courts. In order to proceed, the court must certify the class, indicating that this is a large group of people with similar claims who are eligible for a lawsuit. Rosen Law Firm is an international law firm who concentrates solely on class action suits against businesses on behalf of shareholders. Per the, And this comes from PC Gamer, who's summarizing this for me. Per, per the law firm's press release, this is their logic for the suit. One, Cyberpunk 2077 was virtually unplayable on the current gen systems due to an enormous number of bugs. Two, as a result, Sony would remove Cyberpunk from the store, and Sony and everyone else would offer refunds. Three, consequently CD Projekt would suffer reputational and pecuniary harm. Not familiar with that word. And four, as a result, defendant's statements about its business operations and prospects were materially false and misleading and or lacked a reasonable basis at at all relevant times. When the true details entered the market, the lawsuit claims that investors suffered damages, which obviously they have. The stock prices went down so we'll see what happens here. If they certify this goes goes forward, I don't see in court how uh, how uh, either a judge or a jury would look at this and be like, "Oh no, I think CJ Project Red that they, they 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 said absolutely true things. They weren't false at right. all." Like this this would be this would be nuts if if this if they would rule against um the plaintiffs here.
1: Let me slide into a real quick episode of CU vocabulary. Uh, oh. Pecuniary. It's an adjective, formal, relating to or consisting of money. Example sentence: He admitted obtaining a pecuniary advantage by deception.
0: I'm a spelling bee right now. They wanted me in spelling bees as a kid. I was too. I was too shy to do spelling bees.
1: That's your CU vocabulary. Um, yeah, we
0: haven't seen this before. Again, like we haven't seen this. This would be like, like. Yeah, well, imagine if Rockstar came out with GTA V and then it just didn't run on a PS3. And then they offered returns. And then Buy said, this is nuts.
1: Other than a newsy update, I don't have a whole lot to add to this. But, I, I mean, I, I, I can echo you some have, of you have the another things. update? <sighs> no, other than that update. Mm. I don't have a whole lot to add. Um, other than to echo some of the things I, I think I probably said in the previous weeks. And that is, I'm very interested in a year or two years from now to see what the shockwaves are from the launch of this game. Because I don't... I see a lot of people out there optimistically hoping that this is going to have uh, long-lasting effects on how games are developed and how they're released, and I would love to see that, but this happened in 2020 a year that everyone is going to be quick to forget about a year where the churn we're we're, going to forget about this year uh, we're going we want to forget it oh we want to yeah we want to be quick to forget about it um and where there's a churn of news like we haven't seen before like we see it in politics um but we see it in everything now news just churns and every time something enters the news cycle it's big for a few days and it just gets shoved back it gets thrown back out once once fresh news comes in um you know, and this has been talked about before, I do think that Cyberpunk... Cyberpunk's release is uniquely bad in some respects, but it's not like it's the first bad game release we've seen. Fallout 76 was a disaster when it released. No Man's Sky got shit forever when it was released. And these are all things that have mostly... Well, you can play No Man's Sky when it came out. You, you, you can't. You could. I, I'm just saying I don't necessarily have faith... In the gaming sphere's attention span to hold on to this for any worthwhile oh, length of time but the
0: industry will because sony's pissed
1: at this obviously that's where you i know, have that, some hope is that yes it, it has actually affected uh, industry players and it has created obviously it has created at least some bad blood between cd project and sony and probably microsoft i mean because this is a, we want to give back we want to give back refunds to people like you're costing right. us money microsoft too. doesn't want to but microsoft didn't have to go out of their way I mean, they already had a place, a system in place. I'm not saying that Microsoft is this, okay with it. No. I'm just saying that Microsoft this is inconvenienced like, less. This is like when you see like those mafia movies, and you have the heads of the
0: family, and you got the one guy, the one family acting up. We put them down because you're making, you're now getting attention on all of us. Right. That's how this is being looked at. This is when this makes when this makes major news. This is this is what's bad for business. This is bad. This is the worst thing that can be bad for business. Coming out with a game that doesn't work is the worst thing that could happen here. So now – but this is going to stay in our public eye because if this lawsuit goes fo- forward, everyone's getting deposed. All the, the heads of CG Project Red, all the employees, they're going to be like, well, when you're working at this company back in, say, May of 2020 or July, did you think this was going to be ready for launch or not? And they'll be like, no, we didn't think it was ready, obviously, but we were overruled. Like, that stuff's going to come out right. more and more. You're going to see more of the behind the scenes, and this is going to – they can drag this through court for years, potentially, depending on how much money at. Uh, at risk here. This is horrifying if you're at the head of the company when this happens. This could be the end of your company potentially uh, if if there's enough damages that go back here. Not saying it will be, but yeah, this isn't good. So I I spoke to our, our, our common pal uh, who's, a, who's a CG whiz we know about? Also knows a little about game development. Who gave, me, who gave me more of the insider info about what was happening with this game after he played it? And he said, "You know, I'm, I'm actually impressed with some of the some of the graphics. Some are garbage." He said he can literally he literally went through the game and can tell. Okay, they spent time on this and they rushed these parts of the game. So he said the, the issue with the game was this: is that all the all the lighting is done in real time in this game, even on the PS4 and on the Xbox One. Said so that's bad because that requires a huge amount of horsepower. Right. But it's also bad because the one is inefficient. They had real time real time lighting in place in parts of the game where you didn't need it because the lighting wouldn't change. So like for example, you walk into a, a room like this or an office building, the light's always gonna be in one angle. Right? You don't need it to be in real time. It's not gonna change. No, you can hard you can you can, you bake can code that it. In. It's always gonna be just yeah. like that. He said there was none of that in Cyberpunk at all. They didn't think about that. So at the base level, the game was broken. In the the base coding... So it's just not running efficiently. It's a mess. Like, at at the base level, this might be unfixable. Because at the base code, uh, according to him, he's like, at the base, the whole game was running in real-time lighting. And they probably at some point realized they couldn't do it. They had to almost probably wait for the next gen to actually do it. Because they realized, oh no, we can't do this even on PS4. Sure. At that point, they were locked into it and, and it just spiraled out of control. He, he said that Red Dead 2 by Rockstar looks better for a lot of the parts of the game than Cyberpunk to him. Because Rockstar worked within the limitations of what they can do and designed the art around those limitations. Sure. Cyberpunk, there was no efficiency. On the assets, they probably farmed them out all over the place, and they, they didn't lock down. These are the limitations we have in place for our art design and for uh, the lighting. Let's work around this and design our elements of art around that. And they didn't. They just said, fuck it. It was the most inefficient uh, coding ever and design. That's basically what happened. That's the long and the short of it here. Mismanagement. Um, and not and not having two different versions of the game. Remember, remember, the PS5 version is basically just running the PS4 version, but with better hardware.
1: Well there is no PS five version. Well, yet.
0: That's, well that's what but I yeah, mean. Okay. Yeah. When you say I have the PS five version, you're running the same version doing,
1: on yeah, on a on better with hardware a which is ball- I don't even want to get into it again, but that's what consoles are supposed to avoid. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it really it really is a PC game
0: at that point. Right. But at the base level, a PC game would still run, but it'll just look a lot worse, but it should run in theory, and at this point, it's crapping out, and assets aren't even showing up. I, I can run a, I can run, I can run Cyberpunk on this PC, or on this laptop, and it'll run, maybe the assets will look like PS3, but it'll run. This doesn't even give you that option. So they didn't even go back and say, you know what, let's have a PS4 version, maybe it doesn't have real lighting all over the place, maybe it only has it in a couple spots, or maybe we get rid of the real-time lighting, so it actually fucking functions. They didn't think that far. They were they were locked in, probably stuck at that point. So when they say when they when they come and say, "Yeah, we're going to patch this the best we can, but it won't look as good as a PC," they mean it. It will never. But hopefully, at least functions right. right. This is a this is a disaster of uh, I don't know. I, talk about documentary or books being written about about failures like Quibi This is going to be up there potentially if they don't get this game turned around. Right. I agree. All right. Uh, Ian, game preservation.
1: Got to work, boy.
0: 2020 year, it it, it was the year for game preservation. Almost every week we're talking about game preservation in one aspect or another.
1: I want to see you work, boy. Uh,
0: This is is Ian's Ian's, uh, wheelhouse right here.
1: This is very neat. So uh, we saw a flash of this, I think, in 2016. We may have even brought it up briefly. There was a... Information about the Workboy was 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 talked about, but it has been found. The Workboy is a... Um, it was going to be a small peripheral that looked like a little keyboard about the size of what looks like a novel that would plug into your uh, G- Game Boy through a Link, uh, the Link Cable port, and it would run a cartridge of software apps, basically turning your Game Boy into... Uh, a little PDA, or what it would have been comparable to back then, would have been like one of those little palm computers.
0: For those out there who aren't 40 like me and Ian, a PDA is a personal digital assistant.
1: It was kind of the bridge between regular cell phones and smartphones when they were two separate items. Oh, no,
0: they came out the people have in the 90s even before
1: smartphones yeah stuff. they did or, or the, or, um, I, it, it it's br- a pre it's it, a, yes
0: it's it's a personal device you carry it was small enough to carry around but you also put it on your desk and sometimes they had a stylus and you you had you had little functionalities of the things that you can do on the go like uh like contact list and schedule things and and calculators and organizers it was it was it was like your mini personal kind of mini computer but it couldn't do a lot of computer it was stuff.
1: an address book yeah. An electronic address book. It's basically you, you, you what it was.
0: You got a small soiree of little apps in there, basically.
1: Um, so this would have added, you know, a, a calculator, a record keeper. It had a uh, actually had an onboard thermometer and temperature reader. That's weird. Uh, it could do currency exchange, Tran- a little tra- translator thing, kind of in terms uh, of like you put in phrases. Yep, simple translation. Um, so it was finally tracked down. Um, They contacted the... So it was shown in 1992. Um, It never actually came out. It was going to be... Uh, between seventy nine to eighty nine dollars, it never reached the public. Um, one is that's really expensive. This would have been coming out around the time that the Game Boy would have been receiving a price cut to about forty or fifty bucks, making uh, this more expensive than the system itself. That so this is it, like ninety two. It ran on, yeah,
0: yeah, ninety two. Was originally planned to be released in late ninety two or early ninety three for seventy nine. Okay, let's see what eighty bucks was in
1: ninety three. While, while you go on, okay, so. Um, The guy who's uh, looking... uh, Last name... What was his full name? I'm trying to find this. Well, this was Liam Robertson. Oh, yeah. Video game historian Liam Robertson uh, was able to track down Eddie Gill, who uh, was the architect of the workboy, discussed how it was being planned to release at the price point and the issues that kept it from uh, releasing. Yeah. he knew of two of the units. Uh, one was probably deep in vaults of Nintendo, and the other one was in possession of Frank Baluz, the founder of FabTech. So he was able to get a hold of them. Um, Frank Baluz did not have a Game Boy to hook it up to, so he sent it to him. Uh, problematically, it needs a cartridge software uh, software cartridge to run. To run something, um, sure. and they didn't have one, so you know he could connect it, but nothing would happen. Well, you know, good news. Uh, those huge Nintendo leaks that have been Leakage. happening. They went and checked, and sure enough, they found the uh, the application ROM and burned it onto a cartridge and flipped it on. And sure enough, it it works. It's amazing. Yeah,
0: very neat. So in the video, the Did You Know Gaming video, they show you going through the apps and going through the history of it. It's very thorough. Um, but when you look at this, you realize why why this this failed uh, or why this didn't come out. Why they they balked at it. Um, when you when you look at the, you know the, the PDAs, I, I looked at the Wikipedia. They came out in the mid '80s, and they and they they sold them probably well up until smartphones because you couldn't do that stuff on a device like this. That's
1: what I was trying to say. Yeah. Smartphones essentially took cell phones and PDAs and combined them together.
0: Sure. So, if, but I don't, if I'm a business person, like a serious business person, and I want a PDA, I'm not screwing around with a Game Boy. Like I'm not going to screw around with something that has a tiny you know smaller little screen um, that eats batteries alive on top of it and has this little keyboard that no longer makes it that portable anymore. Cause I got to like put it down somewhere and set up the game boy. You know, like it's, it's, it's cumbersome. Like it's a great idea. The software suite to have, if it's on anything, but a game boy, because at that point it's not, you, you got to like hook it. Like it, it's, it's, it's not cumbersome. Like one little piece, like one little palm pod
1: I can just go ding, ding, ding. Yes. Ding. The, the, yeah. the, 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 Seemingly simple act of splitting it into two pieces Suddenly makes it less attractive, I think Sure um, And while, yes, Game Boys were popular uh, With everyone, including business people um, You know, playing Tetris and whatnot on there For a little bit more money at this point uh, And, you know, probably a at, Again, at this point, a sleeker design um, You could get an actual PDA PDA or palm-top computer yeah, because
0: they, they were around everywhere in the early 90s. They were a thing. And you could, like, draw with them, and you could... You know what I mean? With the stylus, there, there was so much more you can do with an actual PDA. I'm trying to find the prices of what they were. But you can you can do a lot more with PDAs, uh, even back then. I'm just trying to see what the costs were back there. Tandy had one per... Yeah. Uh, the, the Tandy Z PDA from 92 was leagues ahead of what this offered, with a much bigger screen and a stylus on it, you know... And I'm just trying to see what the prices were. And it had an x86 CPU in it as well. So, more, so it was powerful at the time. Apple had their own from 93 to 98. Um, U.S. Robotics had the actual Palm Pilot. They had those going on for, for years and years. A company called Handspring had them later. So the point is this, is that it's, it's kind of pricey <laughs> versus what you get out of it. Um, and at that point, you can probably just afford, afford a real PDA. Right. right, if you're a business person, because you look at the price of this, uh, this is going to be eighty dollars and ninety three. That was one hundred and forty five dollars on top of the Game Boy. If you didn't have the Game Boy, you said it had a price reduction of fifty bucks. Then you're looking at what was that, like two hundred and twenty or so, roughly, something like that. Fifty bucks, like half of that, two hundred twenty five. If you're getting it on its surface, so unless you're appealing to people directly, they already had the Game Boy. It's a, it's a non-deal. Right, I just point. think
1: it, I think your target market is too small. The it's, yeah. market of people that would have purchased it would have been too small. It was a neat idea, but I think it just... Like, a lot of neat ideas. No, who is this for? Yeah. And then it looks like um, uh, Eddie
0: Gill, who worked on this, uh, also tried to do one later for the Game Boy Advance, and that one never came to market either on there, unfortunately. So, yeah, it, you get into a weird situation when you're when you're trying to adapt something that's not what it's designed for to do something another
1: another product can do better right that's what it comes down to and you always end up with stuff like this you always end up with stuff like hey that's pretty cool but it's still better to just do it with the other thing we'll get a it's, sew- like, it's like a tv tuner on a game gear like yeah. okay that's cool but it looks like shit and there's no real practical use for this yeah we'll sew, well we'll get you a sewing machine with a game boy and it's
0: like well, okay okay if, if, if i'm into sewing machines i'll i don't i don't need the the gimmick of the I game boy.
1: i think there is something neat about that though and that that's programmable but that that was the i mean that's the only thing that even gave it a a, a neater idea or neater you're,
0: you're stretching um, though you at that sure. you're starting to stretch a little bit um yeah but I'm, it's glad that it's found that it's well documented that d- documented and at least someone used it to say hey it works here we got it working here documented yeah
1: my, I'm, I'm, I'm screwing up my words I, today. i'm falling all over my words pe- 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 pecuniary pecuniary new, new
0: word all right. So, anything else to add here? It's it's a, it's, a, it's an adorable idea. Nah,
1: it's cute. I'd love to see it in person. All right. Uh, Ian. Yep. Uh, we have a Patreon, don't we? Yep. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Go there, deposit your monies and your credits. And... Like it's a vending machine. You hit 8, 8, 8, and you get your Twitch bar. <laughs> a C3. Uh, and in exchange, uh, we we offer you things. We have uh, the full video oh. podcast. Full video podcast comes out every week. Uh, we I do writings uh, most weeks, just about every week. Uh, this week, I did my game of the year. Go check that out. Um I do a hangout once a month. You do. We do. And a writing once a week. I I said that. Uh, And poll topics. We do these poll topics for you. For you.
0: For you out there. And if if you want to, you know, shell in a couple bucks and you can vote on them. In third place, what sitcom would make a good video game? 27%. In second place, what do you miss most about gaming conventions like MAGFest? 29%. And in first place, Ian, it's Ian's bread and butter. What are your, your best pick-up and play games.
1: Games you can just pick up and play easily, get a nice little session out of them, and put them back and don't worry about them. So I wanted to go with slightly more modern games, uh, just because I think arcade games are a pretty easy, that's a pretty easy um, genre yeah. to, to just pick up and play. Um, so I started to think about some games that I used to like to jump into for a round or two, uh, and one of them that comes to my mind uh, quickly is Katamari Damacy. Um, Which I've always loved Uh, It's fairly well known at this point It's a series of games um, I believe By Keita Takahashi uh, And that was when he was at Namco And Basically you play as a little space prince Who has to make stars for the galaxy And you do so by rolling a little sticky ball around And the ball picks up Um, you know, household objects. And it starts usually very small, although depending on the level, it can start bigger. So you'll start picking up things like paper clips and erasers, and as the ball gets bigger, you'll be able to pick up things like pencils and staplers, and then you'll fall off the, you know, the desk, and you'll start picking up, you know, household toys, and then cats, and then humans, and then buildings, and it just, it spirals out of control very quickly. It has a very... Uh, I'd say... How do the cats breathe? Are they able to breathe in the ball? I don't know. You hear a meow as you okay, roll okay. around. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're fine. All right. This isn't a
0: horror, <laughs> a horror movie. Okay. And
1: then you do send them into space and turn them into a star, though. So, I mean, I don't think they're really living. Oh, sorry. Um, Starred cats. Most of the levels have a very simple goal, uh, and most of them have uh, a time limit. So, it's well. easy to... It's easy. It's easy to pick up a uh, pick up Katamari and play just a couple of rounds before going on to do something else. And the levels feel like really self-contained. It's fun to watch yourself start out really small and then get really big. So it's it's satisfi- it, Like it provides a satisfying gameplay loop within the five or ten minutes that a round Oops. of Katamari um, might take another game that's recent that i really like for pickup and play i I guess i say recent but at this point it's probably five years old is gang beasts which i think i might have Uh, mentioned on here before gang beasts gang beasts um gang beasts is a very very strange uh four player like arena brawler with uh very weird physics and very strange controls um, everything feels floaty and weird, and controls kind of like shit. And that's sort of the purpose. As you pick up and grab your you're opponents, like rubber and, guys fighting, and punch them, and try to basically throw them over the edges or into grinders and things like that. How did I never hear this game before? This looks incredible. I think I've talked about it on here. I love gang Gangbe.
0: There's, there's a stage where you're you're on two moving trucks that are that are yep. on the
1: highway. Uh-huh. What? There's one where you're on a big blimp. Yeah, the game's fucking incredible and, um, it's because there is strategy to it and there are things to learn about it, but the controls themselves are so weird and floaty that it does kind of put people on even grounding. Um, and to this day, I can still turn on my PlayStation four and fire up my copy of Gang Beasts and find people to play online with. And that's what I use Gang Beasts for is at night if I want to play something stupid real quick <laughs> and I, 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 I can and that's that's what's great it's about like Gang a Beasts. Goofy Power Stone.
0: Yeah. It's a free open environment, you walk around,
1: uh-huh. it's not two 2D. I can uh I can jump what in and thought. play two rounds or I can play 10. I really really love Game the, Beasts. Wow, there's like there's one there on a Zeppelin hanging. There's a there's a yes, wrestling that's ring on this time. I, about, the no, I never heard Zeppelin. like this this should be a huge game. It, it sh- was for a while and it I was? mean it still wow. has people who play it. Still does. Wow. Uh great soundtrack too. It's on Steam as well. And then uh shooters it came out 3 years ago, so it's not too old. Okay. Shooters, are, uh, no shooter in particular, but one of the reasons why I love shooters and why shooters are my favorite genre is because uh, there's a lot of learning and pattern recognition you can do. Hey, a lot of them have uh, deep scoring systems. Hmm. Is this a brand deal I don't know about? Because Gang Beast
0: is on sale for 50, 50% off by January 5th on Steam. Look it's at that. a
1: Steam winner sale, so most oh, things okay. are. What's All the right. price on Steam? Uh, it's, it's ten bucks on sale right now. Okay, I'll, I have it on PS4, but I'll buy it for Steam because it, it's just. It's give give us our money, Steam. It's that fucking good. Yeah. Um, I need to get the soundtrack too. Uh, anyways, shooters, great. Lots to learn. Deep scoring systems, pattern recognition. You're falling off screen a little, bit, buddy. Come a little closer. There but you, go. you can. Uh, they're short. I mean, even if you're good at a shooter, uh, like a bullet hell shooter, what are they? Five stages. You can do a run in twenty twenty five 25 minutes. minutes and. Wipe off your hands. So those are those are three so we'll random your, picks. Your, your, swe- your sweaty or KFC your s- console. Your fingers. sweaty,
0: greasy hands. Chicken, chicken chamber fingers. Chicken, fuck. <laughs> All right, what about you? <laughs> um, trying to stay away from the arcade ones, but well, these are games that were in the arcade, but you can still play them. Uh, I love simple racing games, uh, s- single screen like Super Sprint or Super Off Road. Oh, yeah. You can play through a game of Super Off Road. Maybe you don't do the whole courses that go around and around. Like twenty minutes, you can get a nice little little session of Super Offroad and it's fun. It's simple. It's pick up it's pick up and play. You don't need to look, you don't need to know anything. You got a, a button to go and a button for nitro, and that's it. Yeah. Super off-road so it's, is great. Uh, simple controls is to me what defines a pick up and play game. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to read up on it. You can just say, okay, I'm playing this game.
1: Yeah, I uh, should mention that too. The the ones I mentioned are all very Fairly intuitive, easy to pick up and play. Shooters have what? Usually two buttons. Yeah, easy, uh, easy to learn, tough to master. Try to right? Mario is literally you just roll around with two joysticks. Uh, quick games,
0: NBA Jam game takes like 10 minutes to play. An NBA oh, Jam game. good. Good call. NBA Jam game, you put it on. I'll get one or two games in, and I'm good to go. I don't need to play the whole season. And it's action y and it, it fulfills that need of, oh my God, it's action and dunks and blocks and it's. And that's why that game has persisted so long, because you can get into it, but you can just get in and out easily. Because a lot of sports games aren't pick up and play, because they take longer than you would think. And they're more involved. And you have to think more about a baseball game or a football game with strategy. I love
1: baseball um, games, but they are the, they're the not exact opposite yeah. definition of pick up and no. play. A baseball game, is not; so, they can take a long time.
0: Especially less. if you've never played the game before, and you've got to learn baseball rules. If you don't know baseball, it's insane, the rules of baseball. What the hell is an infield fly rule? Like, even when you're a kid, it's hard to figure that one out. You know, so so NBA Jam is up there. Um, I was trying to think of if, a, if a, a first person shooter could be a pick up and play. If you're already familiar with it, you go online, you, you play, you can play a few rounds, and you sort of get that. And you can play some Unreal Tournament. You're done with it. You know, you know, you don't have to play a whole session. You play a game of Assault. Takes you like ten minutes, sure, at, at most uh to well, me to me a pick up and play means i can toss it down within like 20 minutes and you basically have your full game experience and you're you're satisfied uh with it right there um i don't I'll, going back to retro stuff there have to be games that you are good at uh necessarily, like a platform you're good at like contra it can be pick up and play cuz you can get through it like in 20 minutes 25 minutes but for the most part i i would prefer something a little more arcadey action where uh it stops and ends in a preset time so to speak sure that, that's what I, uh, I like to keep my mind on versus a game where we have to be an expert at Contra for it to be like a pick up and play really or else you need that 30 life code and it's not like really pick up and play anymore it's like a chore uh, to someone uh, at that point um, yeah those came to mind to me uh, overhead racing games a first person shooter uh, for sure a game like NBA Jam uh, like that that's just a quick arcadey type experience not necessarily in the arcade uh, fighting games can be pick up and play uh, if you're familiar with them already You have to be familiar with obviously you know, the, They the are characters. pick up and
1: play in uh. so much that They are short And if you, sure. like you said If you know what you're doing that works But I, I I wouldn't recommend them in the same breath As some of the other stuff you did Or what I did because There's, oh, the, there's a learning curve The learning curve of fighting games yeah. is extreme
0: But like Smash Brothers One of the only fond memories of me being in a fraternity One of the only ones Was we play Smash Brothers almost after every lunch We play, play Smash Brothers for like a half hour you get everyone in, you get like eight people watching, and you can play in a half hour, and that's like a whole session. That's like, you know, five, six games that you, that you get in there. You know, if you put your stock at like whatever, three or four or five, um, and you do a round, and then, then you're done. You're satisfied. Okay, I'm good. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you next week on Smash Brothers. Um, yeah. It's also a game there with four players, so you can satisfy everyone at once. That's a whole other conversation. Multiplayer pick-up-and-play games. That could be a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah. Topic for the future. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a pretty solid thing. So shooters, some fighting games, some arcade games, some some racing games that are like overhead, you know, it's, it's just quick quick blasts of action. I almost said quick ass blasts, quick blasts of action. in There, that's another type of game that could be that could be uh, totally different.
1: Pick up and play ass blasts. All
0: right, we got a uh, we have we have some voicemails to, to play. Through here, if you go to Anchor.fm slash See a podcast, you can leave us. You can leave us a nice, nice voicemail. Try to keep them a little short. Try to keep them. You know, you, we we appreciate the praise, but you know, we, you don't have to praise us and say how much you you enjoy. It. You just get. You say my name is my name is Ian. I'm going to ask a question. Here it is, and you go. You get in and out, and, and you go. All right, I asked a question. Pat and Ian, they're going to love it, and they're fine. Um, so this first one is from. Man, am I ever going to be prepared with these? The first one. Is going to be from Josh. Here, and I have like seven screens open, so I'm never good here. Hey guys, this is Josh from outside of Philadelphia. I love the podcast, and I was wondering if I could get your opinion on something that I saw at my local retro game store about last week, mainly Ian's opinion.
1: Oh. I was in about last week, and they had a Repro GoldenEye N64 cart that they were selling i was just wondering how you guys felt about that i mean all right i'm cutting you off there josh that's good i don't like it we don't sell repros we won't sell repros we've never sold repros um i when it comes to and and we don't sell these either when it comes to rom hacks and things like that depending on how much has been done i i I don't know that i necessarily i don't necessarily like that either um it's still not legal yeah it's it's not legal uh but just selling a straight-up repro of a game, I, I, I don't like either. Uh, one, if you're a collector, authenticity. Two, I just don't like selling bootleg items. I just don't like selling illegal bootleg items. You can get busted, technically. Yeah, you can. Um, you know, a lot of people, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of it. So I, I really don't like it when I see um, places selling repros. Uh, at the, It also kind of erodes my trust a little bit if it's not clearly labeled because it's like okay what else is a repro that you might be trying to pass off as a legitimate genuine article luckily in the case of N64 repros you can tell that they're repros from a fucking mile away okay. I mean, you, you so I, I, at least N64 I can you, you, and you usually can I think people who, who handle N64 cartridges enough will be able to pick one up and be like this just by feel this doesn't even feel right sure Gentlemen, greetings to you both. Ian, Lord of Luna, Duke of Ducktails, Raja of Ranch Dressing, the Wally Bear Warrior, and uh, Matt Contra.
0: Gentlemen, if you could be any kind of sandwich, what sandwich would you be? Okay. That was from Aurelius the Rel- Revelator, so he likes these terms. And I almost cut him off for, for I don't know, going overboard there. But um, what sandwich would you be, Ian?
1: A BLT. BLT? simple delicious toasted bread toasted no. bread toasted bread okay wheat bread preferably mayo thinly sliced tomato four slices crispy bacon leaf lettuce plenty of cracked pepper i would have to just go for the additional uh traditional
0: italian sub No, oh, there you go salami put some ham put some maybe some swiss on there lettuce tomato uh, oil and vinegar some spices because it's like my mind it's all sloppy mess, but it comes together, and it's a beautiful thing in the end, if it all comes together there.
1: A good Italian sub is a sloppy mess, but you just you just you you, you tuck in and you get that down, and you it's get, so delicious.
0: That lettuce that's like this cut so thin, the string lettuce almost. That, that's what makes.
1: Bonnie loves that shit. Like her favorite place to get a sub in San Diego is Milo's because they have like this lettuce that is just so crisp and crunchy, but it's like angel hair. It's just it's insane. <clears throat> Can we get a
0: blimpy out here? Blimpy is so good. We don't have Blimpy out here, do yeah, we? Yeah, I haven't had Blimpy Or a Dagwood's. I, just... <laughs> well, I remember Blimpy being so much better than Subway. Alright, what's next here? Uh next one's from Ben.
1: Hey, Ian and Pat. It's Ben Hyde here in Kansas City. <laughs> Love the show, been watching since I found you, I think that's your AWGN years ago. Um my question has to relate.
0: To doing to keep yourself sane during the holidays. What you, okay. I was just, what do you keep yourself? How do you keep yourself sane during the holidays?
1: Uh, I mean, you want the the real secret to how I've kept myself sane this holiday season. Uh, I smoked a couple cigarettes a week <laughs> that's
0: that's I mean, what you i did f-
1: you fell off the wagon i i, I go outside after work well, that's a deal with the, the stress at work
0: or just the stress in general generally
1: it's it's stress at work and, okay. and in general uh and, and I, I do mean it i've i've had probably like five this month uh at night but uh no i mean i, I yeah i crack down I get away from old you. habits um also uh i've been listening to uh, during the holiday season i holiday um I listen to a lot of ambient music uh when i don't want to hear holiday music or i don't want to hear uh yet another dance mix if i'm working alone at work i'll throw on some brian eno or something like that something that i don't have to pay attention to but still sounds nice and it just kind of massages my brain you you
0: don't want to hear the mariah carey song they play a thousand times i I actually
1: like that song but i need to hear it precisely once once every year i think i avoided it this year somehow I saw her tweet about it, like it's time after Thanksgiving. I'm like, no, nah, I avoided it. I won For Whamageddon sure. this year. I made it all the way. Um, I made it all oh, the, the awful Wham song. I like that Wham song too. I made it all the way to Christmas without hearing it. So someone I won, won
0: Wham Someone sent it to me. I didn't listen. I like the traditional Christian Christmas songs. To be honest, like I, I love like stuff like First Noel and Hark. Hark uh, you know, Hark call. the Herald Angels is yeah, a good one. I love them all. Like they're just beautiful traditional songs. You know, whether or not you're a Christian I, I love those songs they like Silent Night's a beautiful song to me my grandfather used to sing it. I remember singing it
1: I think Hark the Herald Angels is the one that I always used to belt out with full For, force I, even I, though I couldn't first, sing first Noel i belt out as a kid yeah I, I would absolutely
0: pretend I was like Freddie Mercury you I'm know about. what
1: I don't like little drummer boy Fuck that's a little drummer. That's boy. not
0: really that's not a Christian song. That's a weird Perump
1: pum it right up your that's, ass.
0: They try to make that a Christian song. They ain't playing that in churches, because that's like, well, you got some weird drummer boy who's stalking baby Jesus and the wise men. Well, get the fuck out of here. Get, well, what are you doing here? Pum pum pump pump. I don't want to hear this shit. <laughs> I
1: don't want to <laughs> I, I, guess, I
0: guess I guess get some melody on this. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's bad. Get the hell out of that Trust me, that sucks. That creeped me out when I was a kid. My dad had on a record. I never liked Little Drummer Boy. That's what I don't like. No, it's it's creepy. It's weird. It's auditorily gross. I just don't like the way it
1: sounds. Fuck it. Fuck
0: that song. you have like... Semaine, the Oh, oh, it's, it's like, the
1: God, the, the harmony is terrible. It's Sorry. just, it's, it's, it's so fucking maudlin and full of like, just it's really, trying to, really trying to wring all the emotion out of it. it oh, okay. Okay. If,
0: if I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm Mary, Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks. Wise. when you gave me some gold, some myrrh, some says. Oh, okay, kid, what do you want? Oh, you, oh, okay. You're going to play your song now? Well I, just, well, I just went into labor. Okay, great. Okay, can you stop? This song is also like seven minutes long. It's not a short song either. A
1: motherfucking yeah. kick a little drummer, boy. I don't care. All right, care. we're going to move
0: on from this. I, I hate that song. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Matt here. Hi, Matt. And I was wondering with some VR talk that you had last week, if you'd ever tried 3D Sen VR it lets you play nes games in virtual reality we talked about that once um never tried it in vr we did mention that about a year or two ago in the podcast that 3d nes thing it's a conversion emulator.
1: Anyway right but i did not know you could do it in vr which is what he's he's saying that is actually oh, sure. kind of interesting never done it
0: hey guys i love your show just want to start off by saying pat you are the man my man but my question is for ian uh, I was oh. wondering if it would be possible you could maybe give a little backstory as to some of the stickers that are on the front
1: of your laptop.
0: Um, okay, and real quick, what do you got there? Uh, let's us? see. There's like, a set, there's, like, oh, there's like 12 of them. Holy shit, there's 15 of them.
1: I've got a lot. So, real quickly, X-Men, because I love the X-Men. Extra Napkins, because it's my food podcast. PGS is Portage Garage Sounds. It's a, a, a techno label run out of Detroit. Ghostly is a music uh, label. Voez is a really good uh, rhythm game. Uh, Diglets are great. And uh, Isabel looking sassy with a glass of wine, because why not? Also, go see the Cabazon Dinosaurs. They're great.
0: Okay, F- fantastic. Thanks. Uh, next question is... Like, oh, it's a collector question I have marked here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ah.
1: That in. And- It's your buddy Daniel
0: again. Daniel was one of those doxed himself, I believe, the first time we did this. wants to buy my games. Daniel is uh, coming to
1: us live from the inside of a lawnmower. (laughs) Or he's on a motorcycle running (laughs) down the highway. This time I was wondering, why is it that most YouTubers who deal in the retro gaming community don't ever disclose how much they spend on games? I'm
0: actually curious about it because I know you guys put a lot of hard work and money into collecting these games. And you know,
1: sometimes we
0: want to know how much you spent, you know. Show it off. Show us how big your big is, Pat. Okay, Daniel. Uh, okay, okay, Well, a lot some people don't like to do that. Because um, to a lot of people to some people they, they take it they get slighted when they feel, oh, where'd he get this? That's one they already always got. Had a pad afford all these games. I have seen that so many times. It didn't matter that I bought all the games, a lot of them before they were worth anything. Like I picked them up when they were pennies on the dollar or you know, before games really blew up. I've been collecting since the late 90s. So it's it's all it's not wanting to show your your e your, your, your EP. You don't want to. It's not Even though I always get accused of that, why do you bring up your NWC cards every week? I've seen that all the time. It's like I rarely bring up that I own some of this stuff. But it comes up in conversation because it's the fucking podcast I do. I have to mention some of this stuff. Um, but it's also none of anyone's business what I spend on some of this stuff. It's not. I, I, I was annoyed that, because they keep replying it, that... Uh, on Pawn Stars, they showed how much I paid for the NWC uh, gold card. I was annoyed that they end up showing that on the episode. Uh, they show that part of the the bill of sale because some people know how much I spent. It's none of your fucking business how much I spent on on things. It really isn't. It's, if I reveal it, then fine. But it's none of your business, and that always annoyed me. Um, other than that, I also don't want to. it Also, doesn't want if someone's in a, a a spot where they can't afford some of this stuff. You know, I don't I don't want to come off like I'm high and mighty because I can. So there's a lot of reasons. There's there's, there's let's put it this way. There's very, very few reasons to, to divulge
1: how much you spend on these games. There's almost no positive benefit of doing that. None. Versus just keeping it to yourself. I hate money. I hate talking about money. It's a necessity. It's not something that's a topic of conversation to me. Um, I, I am more than willing to... I mean, if people have you know a question about a price I paid for a game, chances are, I, I mean, I'll mean, i tell you, but it's just not an interesting topic. It's to never me. relevant. It's almost never relevant how much that, you that, paid that, for it. That, that's, that's exactly it to me. The amount of money people have and the amount of money I spend on games or how much the games are worth uh, is only interesting to me in so much as a barrier to me acquiring a game that I want. Uh, once I have that game, it just goes on the shelf like any other game, and I don't really tend to think of it as an expensive game.
0: Yeah, we're also not an investment podcast, so it's like we don't... The only time we we bring up uh, you know, a lot of the prices of the games is when we think they're either really overvalued or the, the lot of craziness. When we look at what the games are actually going for, but still, we try to keep out what we actually paid on this stuff. Unless it's something ridiculous where I say, oh yeah, Mike Tyson's punch out in the box, I paid 60 bucks for it, because these idiots are spending... Uh, fifteen hundred dollars on what I spent 50, sixty bucks. Then I'll bring up the price, but I'm never going to bring up. Well, I spent you know ten thousand dollars on this game just to show that I sp- had the money to spend. To me, that's not smart, it, it, and it doesn't. There's no. There's again. There's no inherent value of doing that. That's just how it is. Next is a, is having mean, a new favorite of ours on here.
1: Yeah, g'day guys. It's Daco here. Just <laughs> want to do a quick follow up. Bloody couldn't believe I made the broadcast. Bloody hell. I was on site almost. Bloody copped it copped a tear and shed a few, mate. Anyway, just want to say that Master System is a bloody pearler of a system, mate. Don't let what anyone tell you. it took me nine years to finish Alex Kidd in Miracle World, mate. Bloody, my wife almost left me to Miracle
0: <laughs> You know what, Daco? I'm going to stop it. I don't think you're Australian now. I don't, no. <laughs> You slipped up, Daco. You slipped. I heard you laugh. You slipped it up there, buddy. I thought, I was. remember I was 50-50 in the first one? I was like 50-50, but I was like, oh no, but he, but he likes Psycho Fox. Yeah. I don't think you're really Australian, Daco. If you are, I apologize. I don't think you're Australian. I'm going on. Anyway, boys.
1: Bloody. Keep up the... No, ground. no, you're not. Too much... Any, too anyway, much boys. No, you
0: let it slip. Too much bloody. Too much bloody. let it slip, buddy.
1: Good work, and i Chill.
0: That was bad. Be- oh, you, sl- you were You had me for the first one, Daco. You're not Australian, Daco. But still, good job. It's like you,
1: criminals returning to the scene of the crime. It's one it always gets yes. caught. Yes. Don't return to the scene of the crime. You... you <laughs> Quit while you're ahead there,
0: Dacko. <laughs> All right. Uh, start listening at 12 seconds in for this one. All right. Glad I put that in so I kind of
1: know. Okay. I heard someone on episode 240 uh, sort of share their history with the podcast. And I want to say I've been listening since I was 12 years old. And you guys really got me to be interested in retro games. Oh, wow. And uh, I've loved them ever since. And my question to you, uh, it's a very important So you're, what are you, 19? Uh, what are your top three favorite Sega Master System sports games?
0: Jesus Christ bit by bit top three Sega Masters in sports games I don't know if I played three Sega Masters in sports games yeah I I... does Rocky count because that's not a good game but I played it I have not played Walter Payton football. I have not played Joe Montana. I have not played the wrestling game, I don't think. I don't think I played the hockey game. I don't think I played the baseball game. I don't think I played the football game. I don't think I, I, don't think I played the basketball game. I don't think I, don't think I played any
1: of them. Uh, super puck shot, exciting stickball, and downtown dunkers are my three favorite sports games. <laughs> dunkers? Well, there is a street street basketball game. In Europe only. Is yeah. there a
0: stickball game? I don't know. <laughs> Ever. Um, anyway, that's funny. Uh, you he, he said he was 12, so he's only 19 now. Wow. Well, I guess you like the same math system. All right, we're gonna skip that one, and here we go. Last one for this timeout.
1: Yo, uh, Pat and Ian, what's up? Nick from New Jersey here. Jersey. Uh, I just wanted to say real quick. I think you guys underrate the Super Nintendo a little bit, especially if you get into uh, import stuff. I mean, with a Retron or something like that. There's a lot of these games that are just getting translated now, like the Goemon platformers, like Mystical Ninja. There's actually, like, four of those. There's all the Poyo Puyo. Well, um, let me
0: stop you right now. Puzzle. You already you already kind of defeated your own argument, Nick, because those are games that never came out on the Super Nintendo, so you can't reference them in the frame of, well, now they're getting translated over. We didn't have those on the console. So, first of all, I don't think we underrate, underrate the, the console
1: here at all. Okay, I, I, well, I, I think this is an instance of of someone looking at us as a unit as opposed to two different people. Oh, we're a unit, all right. I do not a unit. care for the Super Nintendo. I do not think that the Super Nintendo is a bad system. The Super Nintendo is not for me. as I've, He doesn't prefer it. As I've explained yeah. many, many times on here, my issue with the Super Nintendo is that the majority of the games that I would have liked on the Super Nintendo and would have had fond memories of, I did not play as a teenager, and I do not have the time to play now. It is a heavily heavily RPG skewed system and when you talk to a lot of people about why they like the system the RPGs are what come up and I had a Genesis growing up as I've gotten older my preference for story-based RPG games has faded and I have definitely become more into arcade type games quick pick up and play experiences like we talked about earlier and I think the Genesis does it better plus um, they had better better shooters they had a, wide, wide variety a of wider shooters. variety of shooters yeah. at least that was released here I think Pat is perfectly fine on the Super Nintendo. I've, I've never heard Pat say a bad word about the Super Nintendo. No.
0: It was a, it was a perfect progression of the NES. They, they just took it to the 16-bit level, released re-released a lot of the same games, had, had new franchises show up, uh, and perfected some franchises to so some people. You know, Link to the Past is like their all-time favorite Zelda game to a lot of people. You know, they, they had like freaking four Kirby games come out,
1: five Kirby games, whatever, on, on the console. Tons of RPGs like E&S. Superstar 3 and Avalanche.
0: And, Dreams Cor- and Dream Course. And
1: Dream Course. And Star, St- no, Star Stacker was Game Boy. Or was that on the... Yeah, okay. Five. There's a lot of Kirby games. I mean, I didn't get the
0: exact number right. I just did the, I just did the book, but I didn't write all the reviews. Anyway, and there was a lot of sports games uh, on the system. And while people say the Genesis ones were a little bit better... They were mostly the same. I mean, NHL '93 to me was fine. I actually looked at comparison video. The Genesis version had a better frame rate. It's still the same game on there. But yes, the sports games are a little superior on on the Genesis. But the, you know, but you had the great fighting games on the Super Nintendo that were probably the best out of all the consoles at the time. You Didn't need Super to go Nintendo. buy another controller. You Didn't though. need to buy a fucking separate controller because the controllers. It was the best controller of the 16-bit era.
1: I think we can agree on that. That's not a controversy. Uh, I, I like the, I like the Sega six-button controller. Okay. But but, but, it, but the, a, st- the stock Super Nintendo controller was absolutely better than the stock Genesis controller. The D-pad right? was, was superior to Genesis. That, the D-pad is sure.
0: super, superior to D-pad. Nintendo still has is the goat when it comes to the D-pad. They had that figured out, and it was the best one. So, yeah, I don't think I underrated. I think I rated it fine. I owned it. I mean, like... Sorry. Yeah,
1: no, I, like I said, I think that's just an instance of... I, I, I am never the most i'm never the biggest champion of the super nintendo and it's not because i actually think it's a bad system but it's not for me it does not excite me and i think that's game. probably rubbed off on you you rubbed off on me okay games stuff like that uh, super socoban a lot of these like weird games that have level editors and stuff that's kind of ahead of its time i just think it's a really good scene and i was wondering if you guys have kind of like delved into any of that uh, super Bomberman. there's like five of them plus
0: two. yeah again again when i when i say super nintendo i tend to focus on like the book like we're focused on what we grew up with you know north america and europe and that's super nintendo it's technically that's what super nintendo is but yes super Famicom had a lot more games that had more interesting things they had like um uh, they had, like Clock Tower they had a lot of weird titles that came out like the Back to the Future uh, game that didn't come out here and things like that oh yeah that Back to the Future game always looks pretty cool <laughs> uh, like, uh, like what was it, was it the, what is it the Super Batman Baseball or whatever game that they had on the Super Famicom I don't th- I don't think
1: Super Baseball Batman came out on the what Famicom? the fuck did what's it?
0: in my book Jesus Christ maybe it did I there's just a know that it is the arcade section. game
1: Ninja Baseball Batman there's a spotlight section in the damn
0: book here oh I turned right to the page that's really weird uh, there's some weird ones. You had your Captain uh, Subasa games that came out there. Yep. Shaddy um, Commentary par- uh, Parodius, Clock Tower. You had a ton of Dragon Quest games uh, that came out there that d- surprisingly did not come out. That's kind of a shock that they didn't localize those. That is kind of a shock that they didn't they didn't bother to do that here. Looking back, which ones? Any Dragon War? There's no <laughs> oh, Dragon yeah. Wars. Yeah. After They came out with four. They said, you know what? Because the sales were slipping by three and four. Maybe that's why.
1: Yeah, I mean, people um, forget there was a there was a long time where m- uh, many many RPGs were just totally passed over for the U.S. market, and of course you had
0: all, all the, the thousand Fire Emblem games that came out. I put three in the book here. There was a Godzilla game. Um, you you had uh you had some more em ups we didn't have. You had Mario and Wario. A puzzle game didn't come out here. You had Mario Super Cross didn't come out here. Um, yeah, there was yeah there there was, there was some stuff. There was the the Devil's Crush uh. Uh, sequel, Jackie Crush. It didn't come out here. So there you go, Ian. So yeah, maybe we can check out some of these at some point.
1: Snoopy Concert. Action game, Ian. Yep. I almost bought that from uh, Carlson one There year. was a Popeye I action platformer it. that I would have loved because I love
0: Popeye. So yeah, there's, uh, there's some interesting st- stuff. And obviously, come on. You're really giving us not credit. Super Fire Pro. Come on. Come on. We love these games. We just don't talk about them a lot because we didn't grow up with them here. Yeah, some good. There was some good stuff on this on the system. I'm not just saying that because I put some of them in the book. I, hell, if I could have done a, a whole Super Famicom edition, I would have. But just not feasible. All right, is that is that it? Is That's that it for the for the Q and A? I think we're good. Is that good for the CU podcast? It's good. It's good for the C podcast. It was uh Watch out, Bobby. Go back, Bobby. Rest in peace, Bobby. It was
1: a tight, explosive C podcast, like an uppercut tight and explosive like an ass blast like an ass blast let's bring it up <laughs> all right well have a happy new year everyone be safe I thought that was a short podcast. it's still an hour
0: and a half i i always say that's gonna be a shorter one it's still an hour and a half god remember we used to do these an hour 10 when yep. we first started the weekly ones what the hell happened to us have a happy new year happy yeah. new year ian happy new year pat um like i said like i said at the uh, end of the nes punk video you should check out um uh, here's to uh knock on whatever wood i mean actually don't knock on wood i you know 2021 it's it's got it's got to be a little bit better right it's got to be a little bit you know a little bit i'll I'll settle for marginally better uh (laughs) i'll settle for marginal you know marginally better and um make a resolution resolutions are good to have i always believe in some sort of resolution for the heck of it Um,
1: I fucking hate them and I never make them but I feel like this year maybe I'll do one just because we've all been not so much as to make a resolution but we've all been sitting around in 2020 in this fucking murky limbo and at least for me I know I've stagnated in some ways so it's not like a normal New Year's resolution I'm just using that as a start date to be like okay from this day I gotta do something I've gotta work on something something creative that's what I have
0: to do if you haven't because I I think this year I, I focused a lot on my physical and mental health this year uh, and I think not having the one good thing was not having the conventions helped a lot I got to relax and not travel and, and kill myself more but if you haven't focused on yourself this is the time to do it I, I do think that this will be the one new year obviously that actually kind of matters versus the lot of ones in our, in our lives because this year was so horrible uh, so usually new years to me is like who fucking cares it's another day this one I, I think we can't have blowout parties but this would have been the year to do it obviously if we could so just think about the future and, and trying to better yourself or do something. Try something you always wanted to. Just t- time in life is short. I know it's cheesy, but it's true. But this is the year I think that it showed it to a lot of people. So there you go. Ian. That's my little sentimental. I get, I, the, I, get, I get the begrudging little Ian smirk. Uh, I agree. Smirk, lower lip uh, nod. All right, all right. But this is the year to do it. For sure. 2021. So that's Ian. That's Pat wishing you a happy new year. Get blitz on some champagne, but uh, don't do Ooh, anything.
1: Rough hangover on champagne.
0: Yeah, you know what? No, red wine gives me the worst hangovers because I think my body is not process that. That for some reason, red wine. Champagne not as bad. Gotcha. I can have like th- I can have like four margaritas. I'm usually fine. I'm not hungover. But red wine, red wine does not process in, in Pat's system. The <laughs> nitrates. Is that what it is? Yeah,
1: that's what they say.
0: That's why I don't like. Whatever reason I don't like red wine, but. I, I can have like one glass of wine, but if I have two glasses, if I have two glasses. I'm not even buzz, but the next day I feel like shit with red wine. That's what it is. All right, bye everyone. <laughs>